Welcome to NJASA's Frontline Leadership for Extraordinary Times podcast series. Today, we are speaking with Abdul Salim Hassan, who is the Assistant Commissioner of Field Services for the New Jersey Department of Education. Hassan, thank you for joining us in our seventh broadcast. And before we begin, how are you and your family doing? Oh, we're doing well, man, under these circumstances. Uh, you know, my wife is a school principal, and so I'm just watching her do what she needs to do around the house with uh, running her school from a virtual space. And I have two lovely children uh, that are doing different types of coursework. My son is really on more of a schedule when it comes to a school class to class, and my daughter is more straight and virtual where she just gets her assignments. So just trying to uh, make sure that we all are working together and uh, in this space. So it's just a good thing, and it's challenging at times. So, But it's a good thing we do some family bonding. I'm sure you probably had a fight to get computer time right now. It sounds like a very busy household. Yeah, thanks to Amazon. So Amazon deliver in two days. That's a good thing. <laughs> Hassan, you're, you're responsible for overseeing the county offices of education in our state, supervising their work and supporting local districts. That includes the field services coordination. You have responsibility in fiscal accountability and compliance for school districts, support for the professional learning network, the district intervention and support, and the Amistad Commission. Yes. We've been speaking with superintendents and chief education officers from a variety of diverse school districts throughout New Jersey. We've been having these uh, podcast conversations for the last several weeks during this time that schools have been closed. While they're sharing many universal challenges, they also voice their concern regarding the increased digital divide. A question I know, uh, or an issue that we've been talking about quite a bit, kids not being able to get access for a whole host of reasons. What's your understanding of the situation and what do you think can be done to help those families that are having, the, having problems really connecting with the school by using the uh, conferencing opportunities and internet? That's, uh, that's a really a great question. And I, 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 you know, I really wanna give my hats off to the superintendents around the state of New Jersey. Uh, they've been truly resilient and uh, working with uh, the partners, the communities, the students. And I know through all the stuff that we have been through, you know, we went from, um, a workspace where kids were traditionally just going to school every day to overnight have to be home. So it was going to be some transition with that process. And I just think that the superintendents around the state of New Jersey and the parents in the community has just been very supportive. Uh, even some of the community stakeholders by, by providing resources to schools to make sure uh, that students will have the devices that's needed. Um, in other states, they really had a, a system where they could not sustain um, what we, uh, the operation that we have here. And as you see, as the weeks went forward, we have even gotten better at it. Uh, one of the things we did notice is that we did understand that the pandemic didn't really let us know that it was a digital divide in, in our state. Um, we, we were a parent of what was going on in our state. And we always worked on that ever since the park, when park first came in and everybody started to say, we have to take a test online. And everybody, all school just was trying to increase their capabilities when it came to just the assessment piece. So that was the start of it, really, of the conversation. But prior to that, it was, uh, the tech was just really a lab that students would go to for a class. It depends on what that use would look like. But through time, we have increased, increased. A lot of schools have already had one-on-one -on -one, and some of the urban districts as well. So even, even um, in the last two weeks, um, about, about 12,000 students in the state of New Jersey over the last two weeks have gotten more access to computers and stuff like that. So, you know, with the community partnership, we continue to tread down that, that, that path to make sure that we have that type of quality and ensuring that we don't have those inequities in the state of New Jersey with the support 
of, of the, the Commissioner of Education and our partners from the, um, the, the governor's office and our assembly people, it's, it's a discussion and we're looking to resolve that problem. Thanks, Hassan. You know, I, I want to share with our, our listeners and viewers today that before joining the, the Department of Education, you had an incredible background, in my view. You worked in both East Orange and Woodbridge as an educator, a vice principal, principal, but also in law enforcement as a detective. You served our country as a command sergeant major in the U.S. Army, and you were deployed in Panama during Just Cause in Kuwait and Iraq during Operation Desert Shield and Storm and again in Iraq during Operation Enduring Freedom. And you also served as an ed educational delegate to China. You yes. established educational partnerships, junior ROTC and the Partnership for Youth Programs, and was a lead mentor and drill sergeant for the Police Explorers. What an incredible background. Tell us how that background and that life experience now influences your views and your focus on education. Uh, another great question, I, and I think it's all culminating, you know, always, you know, I don't, you know, we never plan our life journey in, in this way. To be able to serve in the military for 29 years, uh, I'm just very, very fortunate enough to have that experience. And I have it, have the end of my career to be, be working at the United States Pentagon, working at the National Military Command Center, where this, this is the type of work we did with, you know, working with MOUs between states when there's a national emergency, as well as dealing with missions overseas to provide resources to make sure our men and women and other countries receive the things that they need, they need based upon their mission capabilities, um, whether it's uh, SIA or just their civic obligations to maintain stability in their countries. So this right here, only, the only difference in this is that, you know, this is a pandemic. We're talking about a virus. It's not somebody with somebody's hiding behind a tree. And then we can look at different tactical ways to, to handle some type of work. Um, so, you know, I always look at this as, you know, my experience brings value to the DOE in the sense of just trying to maintain being calm, trying to maintain being transparent to the superintendents, also letting the superintendents know that they have accessibility to DOE. Any questions they really have to ask or anytime they want to partner, um, I always say we have some great superintendents out there and they're standing tall, but we also have some diamonds out there that many people, as you know, Rich, that people don't know. And right now, I'm working with the county superintendents right now, it just creating a, a superintendent's uh, uh, outreach groups just to gather information in reference to, like we're talking about summer school, we're talking about reopening, and these are the guys that's gonna be doing it. So even though I know we have a lot of DOE guys at the state of New Jersey that are brilliant and great thinkers, but having a partnership with the guys who are actually gonna be implementing this work is key. And they need to have a voice in this work. So, you know, it's nothing, nothing that they have to come and say, well, DOE made this and so we just have to do it. No, it's, we should be working in tandem. So that is the kind of plan that we're working on and it's in great spirit. And I think the superintendents, when they can call me or say, I have this idea and they know that I'm really listening to them and I'm trying to make it actionable within 24 to 40 hours, you know, they get, they come back and say, thank you, man, it's never been done before. But I always tell them, you know, I'm a military guy, we're on one team. You know, edu this, this, this educational component in the state of New Jersey is just not DOE. It's just not this town. We're all in this together. So, and that's the kind of, um, you know, the mantra I live. And that's why you always hear the commissioner and many people always talk about field services, boots on the ground. That's what we are, we're boots on the ground. We're where you at, the county superintendent should be involved. It's just not about QSAC. We should be involved in every aspect of education, even the celebration of your successes. And that's the thing, that's the kind of thing we're trying to do. Well, you know, Hassan, I have to tell you that uh, the superintendents I speak with really appreciate that point of view and the fact that you do highlight all of the great things that are happening in the districts every opportunity you get and being able to share those ideas. So thank you for those efforts. Let, let me switch a little bit here and, and talk a little bit about the future. Uh, 
okay. not only in education, but also in business. Uh, we're anticipating significant economic challenges. Uh, the state of New Jersey literally is hemorrhaging resources because money's not coming in from its various taxes and other revenue sources. Do you have any thoughts regarding school district future and the financial challenges that, that they have and how superintendents can plan for that future? Now, now that's always the question. That's always hard for all of us to answer. I think that the Governor, governor Murphy has been asked uh, many questions in reference to the budget, as well as the commissioner. As we are, as we are aware, we're in unprecedented times right now. And uh, that means that we just, we just don't know what, what it's going to look like in the future. We're just trying to sustain our operations right now. But I know the governor is having conversations when it comes to the CARES Act, trying to figure out different ways we can use the CARES Act in, in, in correlation to um, education. Um, but there's more information that's going to be coming out in reference to that. Um, right now, we just want boards to continue to do the business as usual, um, send up any information to us that is needed. Um, we're, we're listening to you. I just I talked to three or four districts just in today and getting on the phone with you, Rich, just today, just talking about their board meetings and how to get that budget across. And we know there's some unintended consequences, as the commissioner always say, but identify those con um, unintended consequences, and then we match it up with your real need. And that's what we have to do. We have to, we have to work together in this partnership. One of the things I think about is that closing school and opening school is going to be looking different. And we don't know, we always talk about the fixed mindset and the broke mindset, but the other mindset I always talk about is the design thinking mindset. We know the traditional historical uh, educational system. We, we developed the system a long time ago. Now this is giving us a time to pause and look and see well, how do we, how do we really look at education in the future? Now that we've been put into this kind of virtual school, now that everybody's home, how do we look at it from a hybrid perspective? What, what does the curriculum look like for our seat time? What classes do kids really need to be in school for? So these are all the kind of questions that the task force is looking for. I know one of your questions is gonna be talking about the task force, which I support you being on that because that is, that is a great uh, uh, place to be with your kind of experience and your kind of voice and who you represent. But we don't really know what it's going to look like. We don't know how September is going to, we don't know how students are going to be serviced. But one thing we are doing is planning for it because we have to plan for every child. It's not the child that's on the football team, but we got to look at kids with disabilities. We got to look at kids with arts. We got to look at the, the elementary, the middle and high. We got to look at what does AP look like for kids who need to be in trigonometry, you know, classes like that, you, you know, because some kids, you know, when you're looking at virtual instruction, you know, you, some AP some AP classes, a kid probably need to physically be in the classroom. I know I probably need to be in there if I'm taking AP Cal. I don't know about you. But online for me probably wouldn't work for me. So we have to have these discussions. And the good thing is that we have great leaders, uh, a great team. Um, the commissioner and, and, and the whole team is uh, participating in the CCSO meetings when nationally when all the chiefs come together. And we're having meetings twice a week to talk about what this looks like. So uh, I'm just happy to be on a team like this. To, to be a part of this process so we can see what it looks like uh, at, at the end. And hopefully we can, we, we've been working on this prior to the conversation um, that, that when the governor had said the message the other day, we had already started working on contingency plans because that's part of that military experience is having courses of action. So even if that came up, we already had, we already had start putting things in that bucket to start analyzing. So now that we're in that place, now we can move forward to continually put that pie together. So uh, I'm just appreciative to be a part of this process. So when it comes to the funding, um, it, it's, it's, just, it's just a journey we on. And as soon as the governor makes that announcement and we get those numbers together, we'll get it out to the, to the stakeholders. Sure, you know, as you appreciate uh, in these times of uncertainty, everybody's looking to say, well, gee, what, what concrete uh, information can I count on? I need to plan. Yes. Now that the governor has announced that schools will be closed for the end of the school year, we're turning our initiative and our energies to figuring out how to make that all work out. 
at the same time doing exactly what you and your colleagues at the department are doing, looking forward to what might the reopening look like. And as you said, very different than closing down in terms yes. of trying to get start, started up. And uh, yes, I was fortunate to be asked to serve on that Senate Education and Re Recovery Task Force. And I know that we are all hopeful of working in coordination with the department to make sure yes. that we're on the same same pathway towards that opening. And as I said, with such uh, such a great deal of information out there coming about the disease and what might happen waiting on the health experts, uh, it's tough to predict. And, you know, I don't envy you and your spot in the department because everybody's looking for the department to say, what yes. can we do or should we do? So, so looking at that, one of the things in closing as we get, the, you know, the year, the school year, as you well know, is filled with traditions. It has a cadence to it. And as we get toward the end of the year, we're talking about proms and ceremonies and graduation that now can't be done the way that they've been done in the past. And all our uh, educators are struggling with that. What, what are your thoughts about these year-end programs and how they might be conducted? Unfortunately, this is a new reality in reference to uh, graduation for the class of 2020. Um, you know, uh, we, we're just gonna try to do the best we can. Uh, under Commissioner Repelect's uh, leadership, we have already put together a task force to address this and put out some guidance, um, working with uh, our um, OSPEC unit, School Emergency Preparedness, under Director Jeff Gales, and Dr. Kelly Williams are working together to put out guidance. The main thing is we want to ensure that the community is, is, is following the governor's executive orders. Because like I always tell you, safety is first. I do not want to see people being in uncomfortable positions due to um, graduation. As we, we also looked around the country and saw that you know, Ohio State, and you know, what as people love the Ohio State, they did their graduation virtually. So we understand that you know, this is a monumental point in kids' careers or on their journey for the future. But we also have to just think about safety of our parents and our loved ones. So they're looking at different ways. I've seen parades and all the things, but we want to make sure that parents understand that we have to comply with the governor's executive orders. And we know that local communities are going to force that from, uh, from the rock, from the gentleman at the rock, the regional intelligence command center of the New Jersey state police have put out guidance and we're making sure that they're using, using a soft approach with parents at the same time. But the main thing is it's, it's all about safety and the safety of the kids, but we want to celebrate these children and their successes. And it even downtrends to just some of the moving up ceremonies for the elementary and the middle school. So we just, we didn't, we're not just discounting the class of 2020. We're looking at all ceremonies that we usually celebrate for children's successes that mean a lot to them. Thank you, Hassan. You know, uh, in my conversations with superintendents around the states, around this state, one of the things that I remind them is, this is brand new. This is novel for the people of the Department of Education, for our police force, for our health officials, and for our governor. And so the answers are not obviously easy in coming, and we've got a long struggle ahead of us. So we, we appreciate that uh, you are in this with us and that you are helping to guide the conversation. And to that point, uh, as we close our discussion today, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our members? Yes. So we, we just want to make sure that they, they're aware that Phil Services is really supportive of the superintendents out there. Uh, we're working on some QSAC modifications. Uh, we know that there's a current bill up there to also suspend QSAC for a couple of years. And I know I've been getting questions around that. Um, you talked about the budget process. Superintendents can always, they always can reach out to us and get a clear guidance on certain things. And we can look at certain ways to offset their costs, whether it's title funding, whether it's Title I reallocation, whether it's the CARES Act, whether it's the COVID money is going to be coming through. So I don't have a problem with having these conversations, but we're out there, we're supportive. We updated the website 
for people. So it's a COVID page on the NJDOE website. I mean, you can flood us with calls. We don't have no problem. My rule with, this, with my staff is they need to get back to you within 20, 24 to 48 hours and prioritize what it is and make any issue actionable. And we make sure that that information, as you know, Rich, and you, Rich, you're always a part of this team. We make sure it get up to the commissioner and the commissioner needs to call you or whoever else to make sure it's a culminating decision. You know he will. I'm sure he got you on speed dial. So we just want to make sure we're there for everybody. And anybody got any concerns, don't hesitate. Um, be sure to reach out to their county superintendents. Um, we're very thankful. We have some great guys out the field. And we talked about Bob Bumpus, my predecessor, who was too, totally awesome that I check on and he checks on me for his wellness. And we do wellness checks. But don't hesitate to reach out to those 20 county superintendents. And I know Rosalie covers Warren and Sussex. But you know you know Rosalie, she works hard out there in, in Sussex and Warren. So reach out to those guys. Reach out to the Egg Bowls. We're here to serve. And, and, and that's what we, you know, we want to leave that out there. Okay. That's great. You know, uh, Hassan, you always talk about boots on the ground. We're glad your boots are on the ground with us and that uh, you have the attitude and the drive that you have to assist us in this time. So let me just say, thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to doing that again. Thank you, sir. I appreciate y'all, man. And uh, keep doing what y'all doing. I'm looking forward to continuing to working with y'all. Thank you. And to our listeners and our viewers, remember that we will be distributing one video podcast interview per week. So please monitor your email, visit njasa.net and subscribe to our podcast. Until then, I'm Rich Baza. Please be safe, stay well, and remain healthy. Thanks very much.